You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So uh, there was another, I feel like, Scott has sent us about 55 articles. No, he, I'm just kidding. He sent us um, two, maybe three, but... Uh, we haven't gotten to to another very interesting one, and I know we're getting a little bit towards the end here, but this one shouldn't take more than 10, 15 to discuss. But, um, Scott, another athletic article talking about or ranking the top 50 prospects currently following the uh, most recent NHL draft. And surprise, surprise, Connor Bedard is number one on that list. But how far down do you have to go before you find a Bruin? You're not going to find it in the top 50. Uh so this is Scott Wheeler from The Athletic, who's, whether you like agree or disagree with his rankings, I, I really like Scott's work. Um, he like watches everything, is just all over everything prospect-wise, but he does not have any Bruins in his top 50 and has a list of, like, it's got to be another uh, 25 to 30 honorable, honorable mentions, and Fabian Lysel is an honorable mention. Um the honorable mentions aren't ranked, so I guess you could say he would have Lysel anywhere from like 50 to 75 or something like that. So um, Mason Lori, not there. But yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not super surprised by this. Like this seems to kind of be a common trend with like prospect and analysts and, and rankers of not viewing Lysel as like a true elite blue chip prospect but more is just like a good prospect who kind of falls like somewhere in like a whole group of guys who probably go like 40 to 100 or something um so i'm not i'm not overly surprised by it especially as we talked about around you know the time that we had that i had like sell for the, on for the podcast like he wore down last season his first year as a pro. And I'm sure that, you know, kind of last impression of him is not super, super positive. Like if you're evaluating guys, right? Like generally if someone's going to move up a rankings, you look to guys who probably finished the year strong and, and left a good sort of final impression. And Lysel, you got a really strong start to the year in Providence and then kind of trailed off inconsistent zero points at world juniors um, not to mention the concussion that, you know, affected his, his off season training this summer. So yeah, I'm not, not totally surprised, but I also know from reading other things, Scott Wheeler wrote in the past, like, I do think he likes Fabian Lysel. Um, you know, he was the one who had the article about how good of a skater he is and had like a quote from his, from Lysel's GM with the Vancouver giants who compared him to like Connor McDavid and Pavel Bure. Which you asked him about, Scott, when you're I, in your interview. Yeah, and he and he hadn't seen it, so um, that yeah, he was like, I, I don't know about that one. Um, but yeah, you know, way to way to 
not put any pressure on the kid, Van- Vancouver's GM. Um, well, he didn't know about it though until you told him. True. So it's your fault. Maybe, maybe it'll, maybe like, maybe he will have more confidence. Maybe he'll be, you know, like in his head, he can be like, I'm McDavid, I'm Burray. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. A little, little confidence boost. There you go, Scott. He, see, he sees Scott on the ninth floor for like the next 15 years of his career. Like when he's having a bad game, he just looks up and sees Scott doing this. Like it's like when a parent <laughs> tells him to start skating. <laughs> okay, I'll start skating now. Oh, God. Yeah, no, Scott. Go back and listen to that uh, interview. We posted that as well uh, of Scott with Lysel. And Scott also talked to Mason Laura at Rookie Development Camp. So, um, the lifestyle one in particular, because we seem to talk about him more, um, definitely worth going back and listening to, especially him in his own words, talking about his, um, struggles with injury and fatigue. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was talking with Bridget earlier before we started recording. And I just feel like I understand long season, a lot of hockey being played. Maybe he felt worn down. Like he told you, Scott. And, and yes, he had a concussion uh, at the end of the season and it's, 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 uh, it's gone into the off season at this point and, and whatnot, but you know, last, last year, yeah, the, the, the world junior tournament and having zero points in seven games for a kid who was supposed to be the best, one of the best players in the tournament, not named Connor Bedard. Um, and, and one of the older players at, at that point in the tournament, uh, it, it was disappointing in Sweden and Sweden, Sweden's obviously supposed to be a good team and, and to not, and I was watching those games, and and he, there were times where he wasn't on the first power play unit. There were times he wasn't even an extra attacker if they pulled the goalie, and no little things like that just spoke to me. I was like, well, why why is he not? Why is there why is their coach not putting him in these situations? Take the points aside or lack thereof, he should be in these situations objectively if he's the best player they have or should be. So that stood out to me, and well, and, and he did answer that, and he did say at that by that point. In the year, he was burnt out, and he was really feeling it. So, like, I think he almost would have preferred rest. He wanted to play in the tournament. He wanted to play for Sweden, of course. But he was talking about how he really, at that point in time, probably needed rest rather than to be playing there. Yeah, and it's not like he just wasn't good enough for that stage because we know – they had another World Juniors in August, like just months months earlier. Because remember the twenty twenty one version got postponed by a COVID outbreak up in Calgary or wherever it was. So they ended up playing that in the summer in August, and he was much better in that tournament. He had six points in seven games in that one, and then just you know four four and a half months later, he has zero points. So like, yeah, obviously something happened and at the time there's like speculation about maybe an injury or something. And it sounds like it was just fatigue worn down. Like needed a break, which is kind of concerning on its own because it's like, that's only end of December, beginning of January. Like there's still a lot of season after that. So, um, you know, it's like, it'd be one thing if like he got to to March and then for AHL playoffs, he was worn down, but you know, hit it kind of hitting that wall and, in December or January, even with starting the season early in, in August, then Bruins camp and preseason, whatever, like that, that's still a bit concerning. So yeah, yeah. you have, you have to hope that, you know, his, that he is going to get stronger, build up endurance, all of that for this season. He talked about rest and recovery, things like that. So 
Um, I think the good news about that is that it's not an injury and that it's fixable. And not only is it fixable, like you can work on it in the off season. You can obviously work on strength and conditioning. You can work on what makes your muscles feel better after the game, you know, what your recovery strategy can be. Um, Also diet is something that you can change in order to help with recovery um, and, you know, cramping and different things like that, supplementing and dieting. So like those are interventions that you can make and it's not, that's on you, right? If you figure it out, um, what works best for you, you can make those tweaks. And obviously now that he knows that that's a big point of emphasis for him in the off season, he's, said he'll be focusing on that. Um, So, you know, that in my mind, that's a good thing (laughs) Uh, that it's, I view that as something that's pretty fixable, especially for someone his age and with the help that he'll be able to get with the the staff that they have around the team, um, which we've, we've touched on in the past, like their nutritionists and their, uh, their trainers and and whatnot. Um, probably have a good idea of things he could change. So last year in Providence, he had 37 points in 54 games. As we talked about earlier, the world juniors wasn't, was, wasn't, was more or less a no show point production wise for him. He had the concussion. So as it pertains to the article that Scott sent us, it makes sense why one would look at his season last year and be like, all right, Fabian didn't, jump off the page he didn't he wasn't a world beater and then and maybe we're going to drop him a few pegs based off of last year uh, I guess the question is is last year the anomaly because he was tired with with a lot of hockey being played because he had a concussion um, is last year representative for not just him but all these players there I'm sure there are players that were ranked highly and they might that might be the best hockey of their life and they might not re- reciprocate that going forward but I guess the question is um is that is that the the outlier? Is that the anomaly for for Lysel? Can he bounce back? And you know, when he was drafted, a lot of the discussion was that he may have been taken twenty third overall, but he was viewed as being one of the most talented and skilled skaters in that draft. And so, at this point, a couple of years after being drafted, he turns twenty one in about six months. Um, is it, it take last year aside, put it up, put it on the back burner. Is it unreasonable for Bruins fans, for for the Bruins, for Fabian Lysel himself, to expect for him to, to make a push for the Bruins this year? I mean, you look at a player like Wyatt Johnson and Scott, we talked about him before too. Taken in the same draft, he had 40 points for Dallas this past year. Um, do, do you, it's, it's a different league than it used to be. Do you have to be the biggest and the strongest? No. To, to, to make the NHL? No. I mean, should, should you should you gain that strength and size over time? Yes, but do you need that to break into the league anymore? Not necessarily. Look, look at David Pasternak. I mean, look 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 at all the pounds that he put on after his NHL uh, debut in his in his first season. So, to just make the NHL to be the best player he needs to be in the NHL, yes, he needs to add size and strength. But to make the NHL, does he need that necessarily? And I guess that's a question. I think we'll 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 find out, but. Is it unfair to have these expectations at this point, two years later, for a first-round draft pick with seemingly a ton of skill and potential to, I mean, make the NHL at this point or at least be close to it? He should be at this point. Yeah, I 
and it's definitely fair to say he should at least be close and pushing for a spot. You don't want him to be far off. And, and I don't think he is like, I think the way he played the first half of the year in Providence, you mentioned, you know, season point totals, but up until world junior, so like through December, up until world juniors, it was 19 points in 20 games out of the gate for him. So like, that's really good for a first year HL player at that age. And then it just tailed off. So it's like, can you get that level of play just more consistently and for longer? Because if you do, then you have a guy who's who's basically there, like who's probably ready. Um, yeah, you, Wyatt Johnston, like you said, you know, 24 goals, 41 points, played the full season in Dallas last year. So that's evidence that like it's not too early. He went two picks after Lysel. So that's evidence that like it's not too early. I would also point out as a counter argument from that 2021 draft from pick 13 through 51, other than Johnston, you have a grand total of two NHL games played from all those players taken. So it's not like Lysel is kind of an anomaly. (laughs) Yeah. So it's not like Lysel is like behind a bunch of guys who were taken around him in that draft. It's, it's just the one it's just Wyatt Johnston who accelerated faster than, than anyone else who went around that range. So, um, but yeah, and like you had an opening and Lysel really hasn't had a spot open. Yeah. An opening, but, and, and he took it and ran with it. I mean, he, yeah. he won a spot and, and got off to a good start and, and stuck. And like, you know, he wasn't like great in the playoffs or anything, but you know, he was on a team and making an impact for a team that got to the Western conference finals. So, um, yeah, I think you're getting to that point where, like, I'm not going to be disappointed if Lysel has to start the year in Providence and even spend quite a bit of time there. Like, I think that's I think that's fine because I think there's still more he can learn and improve on at that level. But, yeah, you would want to – you do want to see him make a push this camp in preseason. You want to see him get into preseason games and look like he's not out of place, um, which I think we've seen at times already. Like, I thought even last year there were a couple – preseason games where he looked pretty good and like then you'd see him get knocked down or you know run into the boards by defense when you'd be like oh like okay that's kind of a hey here's a learning moment kid um but yeah like you would it would be discouraging if he looked like he's far away and you're like wow he's not even really challenging for a job it it feels it feels like to me this is the first time in about maybe six or seven years though where there that 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 opportunity bridget spoke to seems to be there for the bruins it, it kind of feels like for me right now this is like the year that but when they when the bruins lost to the senators in the first round and then that following year there was like that real youth movement and you and and, and all of a sudden opening night roster spots were taken by danton heinen and jake debrusque and anders bjork like there wasn't this litany of just NHL established veterans one through 12 on that flight. Like the Bruins acknowledge we have some youth that we want to infuse into this lineup. And, and I feel like that that's, that should be a similar point now for Lysel. Like he, like there, there is opportunity here. I mean, there just is the, 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 especially in the bottom six, like there should be jobs to be had. And and I know they, we just talked about some of the signings this off season, but um, 
I don't know. I mean, Jake DeBrusk, he needed a full year in Providence, and then he was kind of ready. And Dan Heinen had some time in Providence. And Bjork, like, it just seems like Lysel, if he was drafted last month, I wouldn't be saying this necessarily. But, you know, he was a former first overall uh, first round pick a couple of summers ago at this point. And, and while the Bruins hope to remain competitive, um, for sure, and they have a competitive roster, there's, there's opportunity there. So I just think that uh, I don't put too much stock. I, the, the article you sent to Scott, I'm not saying that the author is wrong to have ranked him where he did based off of last year. What I'm saying is I don't know if that's representative of, of him going forward as a prospect and a player. Um, but I definitely want to see him push. I definitely want to see that. And I, and I don't know if I need to see him in Providence for a full season to do that. Um, can, I just can think he... because of where he is with like rec- his recovery and him not being able to work out this entire, like he started the off season still recovering from the concussion. So he hadn't had like an entire off season to work on what he needs to work on. I think maybe a health wise would be the reason why you'd want to see him spend more time in Providence to start the year, obviously depending on his recovery and um, how far along he is in progressing towards having that higher stamina, like we mentioned, um, could be one of the main reasons to keep him down there. But obviously, huge opportunity in training camp for, or I should say in preseason for everybody trying to push into the NHL roster, especially him with with eyes on him. And we've talked about Merkulov before as well. So and then that's, that's not that far away either. That's in September. So we'll be starting to watch some hockey come September in what about a month and a half? A little, no, a little longer than that, but not well, too to, far away. To, to start the season, I, I, I definitely agree. I would say this though, I would say, and without seeing how things play out, it's kind of a interesting way to look at this, but I feel like if, if, if he, if he goes all next season without coming up to Boston at some point, something would have really had to have gone wrong in my opinion in his, in his development or, health wise. I mean, I, I, even if he's like leading Providence and scoring and, and their playoff hopes and their season rise and dies on like how he does with, it's like, so what, like you're a farm team. Like if Boston needs him, he goes to Boston. Like, so just to, to all the points you guys made, like in, in Bridget in particular, getting over the health and stuff like that to start in Providence, I, I wouldn't be disheartened by that. I wouldn't be upset with it. Like they have enough guys in NHL ready to, to start the year, but I would, Definitely expect him to be in, in Boston. Hopefully, no no later than halfway through the season, and and if and if he goes the whole season without coming up to Boston, then something something had to have gone seriously wrong. And if that's the case, then maybe then it's time to panic just a little bit on the prospect, but but not panic because he'd still only be twenty one years old. But anyway, it's a young man's game nowadays, and and I think that the opportunity is there for him. So and he has yeah. the, the skill, and and he it's interesting because like he there's multiple places he could slot in. Like, you know, if he can make a push, it's like in, in the scenario where Bergeron maybe doesn't return, like there's an obvious opening on the third line where you could see him with say Frederick and geeky. And it's like your competition for that is Lauco, Greer, Lucic, Boquist, like, it's not like that's like the greatest competition. So like he could beat those guys out, be a third liner. It, I think this would be a little aggressive, but like best case scenario, if he really shows he's ready is like, you know, we talked about 
uh, you know, might, you know, Van Reems like might be playing too high. Well, one scenario that could drop him down to the third line is say Bergeron does return. Where did, where did Jim Montgomery put Lysel in preseason last year? Where did, where did he want to see him play? Yeah, he played him with Bergeron. With Bergeron and Marchand. So, like, best case scenario where things go really well with Lysel? I don't know. Like, is that is that totally insane? I'm not expecting it, but that would be a pretty solid place to start. Put him with two very defensively responsible players. Take, you know, that part of the workload off. And then, like, you could line up. You know, you can move DeBrusque back to the left. Go DeBrusque, Zaka, Pasternak. Van Reem's like with Coyle Frederick on the third line. And like, also now it's like a pretty damn good lineup. You know, again, I'm not expecting that from Lysel, but it's, I think like it's within the range of outcomes. Like that's not totally impossible if he has a really good rest of the summer and comes into camp and preseason, like, you know, having taken a clear step forward. And I remember saying after last, during last summer and then, during uh, preseason that I wanted to see him start in Boston just to see what it could look like. Obviously that's not what happened. So we still haven't seen it. Um, And if Bergeron's not there, we're not going to see it the way that Montgomery had put it together last year in the, in the preseason. But um, yeah, I think people do at this point want to see a few NHL games from the guy, just, just to kind of see how he matches up with, NHL talent and and how his speed looks against NHL defensemen. All right, I I, I couldn't agree more. I think honestly, guys, I think uh, for for July nineteenth episode, I you guys got me ready for for fall here. I'm I'm ready, I'm ready to watch some preseason hockey, well, and some development camps, and I still stuff got like a that. few more vacations to go on before that. So <laughs> don't Fair rush enough. me quite yet. <laughs> True. Very true. Well, honest, in all in all seriousness, good conversations. Um, there's a lot to look forward to. It's going to be very interesting. Very interesting to watch uh, how things play out, how the lineup shakes out with Bergeron coming back. If he doesn't come back, let's see what happens with Frederick and Swayman. Like Scott, you mentioned off the top, and and just I don't know. There's something. There's something. Last year's last year's finish just it was it was just so like. A lot Don't of things. Don't bring that up again. Don't bring but it up. It was just, I'm just. I'm only. I'm only saying like, it's like one of those things. Where it's like, oh my god, we just watched the perfect season. They they were so good, and minus the ending, like what else is it to look forward to for for another regular season? Well, how about a regular season where there's just like a bunch of different types of players, and now you get to watch like a just chemistry form with different players like that. I, the hockey nerd in me, finds that interesting. Like I like watching, like guys find chemistry with each other and, and different lineups and stuff like that. So I am looking forward to, to seeing how this team looks. Cause it's, it's honestly, it's kind of a much different team than last year. Not totally different, but in, especially up front, it's going to be much different. Even if Bergeron comes back. I, I didn't, I didn't like anticipate this or this certainly wasn't like the plan for this podcast, but I, I feel like, as I'm thinking about this, like, I feel like this is the first time where, my mind has sort of been more focused on what's to come without like dwelling on last season. So I feel oh, like we're getting over it. Yeah. Like, acceptance. We made I, it there I, eventually. You know, that this was like, this was like an episode where we were like, how are like, we just got to fill time. Like what, what are we going to do? And 
I don't know. I'm starting to feel like this ended up being, at least for me, like a pretty important podcast. Like this therapy. This could kind of be like the midsummer turning point. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Some optimism creeped in there. It, it weird. It's, it's time Scott for Scott to have his hot girl summer now. <laughs> Scott calls his therapist. Hey, Shannon, you know what? Cancel today's meeting. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm kidding, by the way. I, I don't. Maybe he does have a psychiatrist named Shannon. I don't know, but <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, not, not right. Shannon. No, <laughs> not Shannon. You're, you're you're right, Scott. Though it's it's. I feel the same way. It's like I, I'm last year. It is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, like whether the Bruins win the cup or not, one team wins a year. I'm still pissed off about how it ended last year. But um, as a hockey fan, I do enjoy watching watching this stuff. And, I, and there are been Uh-oh. in challenge. So there you go. did I did I did I freeze? For a, yeah, we almost yeah. made it, Brian. We almost right. made it. That's the sign. Did I freeze like the Bruins in the first round last year? <laughs> All right. yeah. um, if that's the case, guys, any any final thoughts for either of you? No, I'm I'm all good. I got got it, everything I needed in. Yep. Bridget, you're good. All right. Good. Well, thank thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you very soon.